she a fan of the podcast? That'll be a good way to. I don't know. I she knows. She's aware. Yeah, she's like, aware yeah, of the show. Definitely. Right when she hits play on this episode, she's going to hear you guys bragging about her. That'll be so like yeah. such a surprise. She'll like that. <laughs> it's, it's weird, like not knowing people beforehand, like how interactions happen later on. My first time we had a had some class together, and we all split up. We were going to a field trip to the museum, and I was like, I took all the people that I considered cool in my mm-hmm. car because I'm like, we're going to drink and smoke weed on the way there. Like, what the fuck you think this is? <laughs> and then she took her own, like what I consider like the lame car of right. you know I didn't really know them, and then like. A year later, maybe I'm working in the cage, and then she comes up and she's talking about, yeah, they all like smoke pot and was drinking the whole way. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> I was like, wow, like I had no idea. We could have been friends a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. Taylor has become one of my favorite people because she doesn't give a fuck. No, uh, a lot of things. I love her. She's really cool. Yeah. Anyway, so this is uh, this is for writing's sake, correct? Yep. Okay. So hello everyone. Um, this is episode three, and we talked about having guests in the first episode, and it seemed only appropriate for. I guess the first guest to be the other half of, for film's sake, Chris Lucky. Hey, hey. Chris Lucky, it's me. Ha-ha. Welcome back, Chris. Thanks. Oh, well, for, for <laughs> yeah. the first time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Yeah. So here's how it's going to work. All right. Uh, we're just going to talk. Yeah. Hey. That's All pretty right. much it. We're going to talk about writing. Brian's had, Brian was talking to us before the podcast started that he's got a monologue that he's been working on. Mm-hmm. And uh, also want to go over his... Um, Mr. Clean idea again, yeah. and uh, I know Chris had some talking points as well, mm-hmm. and uh, so I won't really share much of my story. I think till like maybe a couple minutes near the end because right. I'm still still working out the very annoyed by it. <laughs> I think those are the most satisfying stories. The ones to like keep you keep you annoyed and uh, awake every so often. And you're just like, what the fuck's happening? Yeah, I haven't that? really made any progress on it since no. the last. Uh, I mean, that, that's what episode. we're here. For. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't heard any of it, so I'm interested to hear. Yeah. It's, oh yeah, it's fuck! Annoying. You don't know about this. No. That's true. The whole uh, idea came from a a song, which I feel like could really work yeah. on Chris's end too, because he listens to music just about as much as I do. Oh yeah, I love it. So yeah, I'm the the un- the musically uncultured swine in oh, this group. Goodness. Every single time, yeah, you <laughs> just <laughs> I don't know dick about it. That's what we need another podcast for. <laughs> just, <laughs> just for te- just for teaching you. <laughs> <laughs> Teach Brian music, yeah. please. <laughs> um, but anyway, like like yeah. So last time that we talked and. and for writing's sake, we talked mainly about like the process, mm-hmm. and we talked a lot about like my idea for Mr. Clean, and I think I sent you that script yep. oh, a yeah. long time ago. Mm-hmm. It was like 2016. Yeah, and I like I was saying that I like that script because it's it's kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. Like the script itself is four minutes of setup for like a 30 second punchline reveal. Yeah, but I feel like that that idea needs to expand a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And and you said it too. Like both of you when you read it. Yeah, you said. Well, I I think that it's it's a good idea, but I want to see more of like the sad Mister Clean, like living his daily life. Yeah, and that's kind of what I've been struggling with trying to like write that bit. Okay. Into the the Mister Clean script, uh, because for me the sto- the joke ended, you know. Yeah. Okay. For all me, right. I made the punchline, and that and was that's it. all I had to say. Yeah. But I like the idea of expanding that Mister Clean story, because I I too would like to see more of what does a day and the life of like Mr. Clean look like when he's like washed out and almost out of a job, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> washed like, out. That's kind of what I'm interested in. But for me, that story is done. Okay. You know, like I, f- I finished it, I wrote it, I had the punchline. His brother died of a heroin overdose. Yeah. What's next? How can we improve on that? And that's kind of what, what like we were talking about a lot in the last podcast. And I'm interested into like what you think about this. And and, and, and and this is a probably like a little bit of a different episode because we're not talking specifically about the topic of writing. Mm. But I think we're going to essentially talk about like we're going to do the process of like 
discussing ideas and and building up on something that was already there, like life on the microphone, which might be interesting for you guys to hear. I wanted to ask Chris something. I know you've been really into um, producing and stuff from film school, like that. What kind of became, I think, your area that you enjoyed the most, right? I mean, that was my number one thing in uh, general. Um, I, I tried to go to uh, UNC Charlotte for still production work. Because like I said, it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be in an audio format or a visual format. But the thing is, is like when you enjoy things, like if you like listening to the radio, you like listening to a podcast, you like watching a television show, you like movies, kind of like a Spike Jones we were kind of texting about yesterday, just not being limited to one singular format of what you enjoy. You know, you can direct things, you can produce things, but yeah. it doesn't have to be in a singular format. You know, so that's really what I've been exploring since then. I've been wanting to do that too. Um, so has, has the writing aspect ever been very appealing to you or yeah, something yeah. you, you I mean, definitely I think it's something that you kind of have to have in your pocket or at least have a team mm -hmm. you know with you that's able to do something like that when you're um trying to produce something from scratch you know the the key in production is producing something mm -hmm. you know so I mean with that if you if you're not if you're not able to write or have a team of writers then your production is shit this you, know, <laughs> you know seriously and the same thing goes along with that you need to have that director and a lot of my favorite television shows and movies we've talked about before have that key ingredient of the same writer and director mm -hmm. you know so I mean I'm not necessarily saying that's what I want to be to just have the stranglehold yeah. of I need to produce this I need to write it I need to direct it the end result for me is I would like to have creative ideas or hear other people's mm -hmm. creative ideas and then okay let's get to work let's make this thing happen in whatever format it actually is right yeah. and that, that's always been particularly where I struggle the most because mm. like I have the ideas and I write them and I think about them and whatever but kicking up the plan to like I don't know how happen. sorry I don't yeah. I don't know how you can do it without a group and uh, yeah. I'm very impressed by soul writers that can do it by themselves but oh, yeah. there is something so much it's just so much more effective, I think, to have yeah, that's efficient and liberating. collaborators. That's that's so essential to me. And I didn't realize that until not too long ago. <laughs> Trying to write by yourself is... It's tough. Oh, yeah. Or by yourself is, yeah, very tough for yeah, me. Yeah, no, it's a pen in the dick. It's a pen in the dick. I, I think the, the best writing happens when people are in, are in groups and they can bounce each other, ideas over each other. And that's always yeah. been a thing. Like Even directors... They like show first drafts of things, and mm -hmm. it's like, "Hey, tell me how why this is garbage." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Because <laughs> if not, you're just in an echo chamber of your own mind. You know, just bouncing yeah. things off, coming right back mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. Right. Which is why I like the idea of like having you guys around, and like why I you need wanna, people to critique. Yeah, I want to critique you for sure. Because I feel like like we, we're we're on that branch of like, oh, we love you enough to tell you why that's garbage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's always a good thing. Yeah. Um. But uh. So uh, just to take it back on like on the like on the writing ideas is there anything that you're working on right now that you kind of want to elaborate on um working on specifically the only thing that i've taken time to actually sit and write and think about is something that i have no idea where it's trying to go at all you know it's um, <laughs> something i talked about on the podcast before about a um writing about a, a lady that she's walking down the street with her purse and um you know just casually walking down on the sidewalk and then a guy he comes up with the camera and then takes a picture and runs off dashes down the road and then she's just like oh my god stop that man stop that man and then the guy comes over he was like oh my god what, what happened what happened what did he take what did he steal from you did he take your purse no no what did he take my picture and then, <laughs> and then the guy just like he's like what the fuck 
you know, he took your picture. You know, so it was like, in his mind, it's like, it's two different people. The lady is feeling like something has been taken from her, and the guy is just like, I'm not helping you with that. That's not something that I deem a reason for me to give a fuck about that being taken from you. That's really interesting. That's really cool. And and, and outside of that, it's just, um, we were having a conversation some time ago, and then we kind of overheard, you know, some things that maybe shouldn't have been privy to. And then it was like, all right, now I own that. You didn't give that to me, you know, but now I have that, mm-hmm. yep. you, you know, so, so I mean, I, I don't know where to really go with it, but this has just been something that's been in my mind for the last month, two months that has just been compelling me to write, you know. So the, the thing is, this guy is an issue. This woman tells him that her picture was taken yeah. and it's totally not that fucking serious at all to him, No, but it's so serious to her. Yeah. And you just don't really know what what happens right after that. What's what's the the, the bigger thing is yeah. is what is your identity? You know, is it a clone? You know, if somebody comes and takes a piece of your hair and then clones you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh no, that's is that me? Is that not me? It's just like, what? How much can you take from a person before it's like, all right, now we got to start uh, regulating this? That's interesting. You know, that sounds like that could be a really cool like. It's like you can, three, you can, four minutes you can, short. Like in, in the state of California, they had laws of uh, recording on uh, on the phone, and at least one person had to be privy to the information. You know that they're recording. Yeah. So if me, if Brian, if me and you are on a, on a phone call, and I know that I'm recording us, yeah, then, then you own that conversation. Then I own the conversation, yeah. and it is fine. It is illegal. <laughs> you know, but it's just like there's a thing to where it's just if neither party are privy to the information, and that's where I'm coming from. When neither party knows that the information is being taken from them. And that's kind of what the, inf- the the internet age is. It's just that information is being taken from us and then put into algorithms and then spit back out at us. I'm like, oh, that's cool. How did that get there? I'm like, no, it's because things have been taken from you and you don't realize these things have been taken. Right. That sounds like a, like an interesting... Like, I know the last season of Black Mirror was kind of meh, but that mm-hmm. sounds like something that Black Mirror would try to explore. Like, it sounds yeah. like... I would expect to see that in the synopsis of a Black Mirror episode. Same. You know? I would like, too. What, what, what do you own? Like, or like... It's, it's after her picture was taken or something. Yeah. She she wants to get it back. Or like mm-hmm. there's something in the picture that inherently belongs to belongs her. That no to one her. else can have. Yeah. And no one gets that yep. because everyone's just kind of like it, it. It it seems like a like a nice like the 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 first things in that I want to go with that it feels like a nice fish out of water story mm. where it's someone that's been out of this particular culture so much yep. that someone taking their picture feels like a weird assault. Uh, but with the rest of society, it's just kind of like, oh, fuck you, whatever. Fuck. And no one realizes how dangerous it is, like what they're doing with this information. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah. it's had an effect on like, because how many pictures do you think you're in the background of Always. anywhere big that you've been, Disney World and stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What if that's got like some sort of, that's had some sort of effect on you being in a being in a photo, being... Owned essentially, right? Kind of oh, yeah. by yeah. S- yeah. by somebody at that that's particular cool. time. It's it's a cool. I mean, I guess it would have to go into um, what is the is it? I can't think of what culture it is. There was a, a photographer some years ago, and she was talking about there's a particular culture that believes that uh, their soul, a bit of their soul, is being taken from them each time. You, it's you, Japan, Japan, oh yeah, Japanese Japan. culture. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah J- Japanese people are not super. Wait, what's the thing that the, a bit of their soul is being taken every time? What happens? That their image is uh, captured. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, like, yeah, in, in Japan, like, taking pictures of people when they're not aware is, like, a big no-no. Oh, yeah. Um, because they thought, before cameras became, really? like, really, you know, common, they thought that every time you snapped a picture, it would mean that part of that person's essence would be captured in the image and they could never get it back. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. That yeah. seems... 
And there's a lot of like horror tropes in Japan, horror movies and horror games based on the idea that spirits are trapped in images. Mm -hmm. There's a whole series called like Shutter. <laughs> <laughs> And it didn't happen on our fucking wow. show. God damn it. My first appearance over writing sakes and I'm over here. <laughs> Has that ever happened on film sake? Not no. once. It always happens to me on film sake. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't turn anything off. Oh, wow. All right. Welcome to the show, Chris. Glad you could join us. All right. <laughs> I am here. But like in Japan, there's like whole video games. It's a series called like Shutter something it's like shutter high school or whatever it's something to do like a girl gets caught in the high school and the only way she can see the pictures the, the spirits following her is by taking pictures of the area oh like, really there's a movie like that that got it's supposed it was supposed to come out late last year but it got pushed back because the weinstein company was attached to it uh, okay. and it was like it's like one of harvey weinstein's last film credits it's oh, well. uh the movie's called polaroid polaroid yeah it looks like pretty interesting i think it's Maybe I don't remember if they can only see the entity through a flash, mm -hmm. or if the entity is showing up in photos. I think, but I don't like think that would be it because there's always like scary movies with like some weird ghost in the background of a photo. So it might be the former. Yeah. So that's that's a, like so a really important. They probably took from that. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a mythos very included in like Japanese. I had no idea know, folklore. Yeah. Uh, and that's why the Japanese culture is fascinating when it comes to shit like that. Yeah. But Native Americans as well. I mean, they they were kind of in this ah, in the same mix of that. Yeah. You know? ah. uh, I I didn't know about the the Native Americans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but but that definitely sounds like an idea that that would be included. Like like if it was a fish out of water story, where someone that's not aware of like how, you know, generously we sell our inform we give our information for companies to sell. At this point, yeah. Yeah, they, they could have a weird. Not weird, but like a like an anti-capitalistic sort of attitude to it, which I mm. think is a lot of what we're seeing nowadays oh, anyway, yeah. because people are kind of like, I want my privacy, and I want mm -hmm. things that are mine now, and yeah. I don't want you to listen to my conversations, Alexa. Yep. Do you have that written yeah. down? I would definitely put a stick a I do. pen in that. Cause... Yeah. Oh, I have it on paper, so yeah, I'll, I'll jot it down. Yeah, on, that's, uh, that's worth digital. keeping. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that, that, that's a really cool idea. Mm. Uh, I like it. Do you know like are we gonna see the movie with that starting out like uh, like in the script or not even sure if it's just if it's a movie or like yeah. I said it's just it was just an idea that just kept getting bigger so it's like it may just end up being like a fifteen minute Twilight Zone type of thing okay you know so I mean or or like you said like with with Mr Clean is just the more ideas that get put into it then the further it can get fleshed out you know so just in the conversation in ten minutes now it's kind of the idea's gotten bigger for me yeah you know okay. so so yeah we'll we'll see how it comes along cool fuck yeah. Um, so the Mr. Clean thing that I want to talk about, yeah. I, I, last, last time me and Jonathan talked about how much I liked the idea mm -hmm. of him having to clean up the streets after his drug addicted brother Get, died I, of heroin. I'm looking everywhere yeah. in my emails trying to find the, uh, the Mr. Clean script. I couldn't, I can't find it anywhere. I'll send it to you again. Yeah. No big deal. Sorry for the keyboard clacking. I have an obnoxious mechanical keyboard. <laughs> it's is, satisfying. It is. Or... It's so satisfying. Let me see. And we can cut this bit out of the the episode. Let me see. I think I sent it back to you guys right here. Yeah. I'll forward it to you again. Nice. Oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, you found it? I literally just pressed it. Little boat. It happens. Um, but yeah, that, that whole masculinity, like, like, we see him, like, in his washed out job. Mm-hmm. 
sort of going through the motions of like making one of the commercials. Then we see him sadly leave the job, walk to his car, go to a supermarket, walk to the supermarket, yep. pick up like some cheap, sad items. <laughs> and then Day in the life of Mr. It. Clean, but it's a little bleak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to carry the idea that it, it is kind of like a washed out Mr. Clean, someone mm-hmm. that's not quite proud of the work he's doing. He's just doing it because it pays the bill and he's got a brother to take care of. His brother's obviously been an addict for years if he overdosed at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but my main issue with the script is like, I don't, I don't know if like, I want to do something after the brother dies and continue that story from there or if I want to do something before the brother dies and introduce more background into Mr. Clean or, or a bit of both or something. Like, I don't know how to make that story bigger than it is. I definitely would uh, go on the side of adding more background to Mr. Clean. Uh, just from reading over and now I'm remembering like, what notes I had for it before and with, um, with the brother being a heroin addict and then just diving in further to how did Mr. Clean become Mr. Clean? You know, because I mean, he's just not going to become Mr. Clean just because, like, no one becomes addicted to cleaning and to the, to the point to where you are Mr. Clean. Okay. And it's pretty ironic, the fact that his brother is a junkie, <laughs> you know, and he's clean, <laughs> you, if, you, <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. So doesn't that take away, but wouldn't, wouldn't explaining more of Mr. Clean's backstory maybe take away some of the momentum, I guess, on the death of his brother? Like, would the death of his brother need to be more yeah but the good thing about background information and that kind of info that doesn't necessarily have to happen before the brother the death the brother the death i like the i like more of an origin story for mr clean that could mm. be interesting <laughs> and pretty funny <laughs> uh like how in the world did he get that yeah. but also so maybe a little bit more leading up with the brother i don't know I think they I think they kind of work together. I mean, if you're doing a background on how did Mr. Clean become who he is, then um, his brother would kind of be the the antagonist or the catalyst for Mr. Clean becoming who he is. You know, so so his brother's still brother been a, an addict for a very very long time. Not as a child, you know, but I'm sure that they're. Um, but during his come up, that was something he had to maybe deal with. Deal with, yeah. I'd assume like a, a junkie. I mean, if he's becoming a heroin addict, I mean, he had to find ways to deal with whatever was going on in his home life. You know, I'm sure there had to been something going on with both of those brothers coming up in the same place and then being 180 degrees different. You know, so like stress makes people do different things. One brother, the stress of a household turned him to eventually heroin and no telling what he was doing before that point. And for Mr. Clean, you know, what what did he maybe that could be maybe maybe that can be a note that that's the whole reason he decided to become Mr. Clean was for his brother. Uh, I think that. That's part of it, but I but think it, hearing it on what Chris is saying, it, it sounds to me like Mr. Clean became Mr. Clean out of some, like his his family life as a kid was fucked up and it mm. manifested as some brand of OCD mm. that forced him to clean everything and anything, and then that slowly turns him into Who he is. the idea of Mr. Clean. And yeah. I kind of like, I, I now have this image in my head of, Mr. Clean with a full set of black hair. Mm-hmm. Like the moment he puts on the white shirt and the white pants for the first time. Yeah. And he puts them on and he's got, you know, a full head of hair. The whole uniform. And That's his yeah. uniform now. Yeah. And then he shaves his head and mm-hmm. becomes the image of Mr. Clean. Though, yeah. you know? and I, yeah. Like I like that dramatic. And, I, and, it, I, and I, I was a little worried that it, 
the backstory could take away from, I guess, comedic value maybe, mm-hmm. but it sounds, yeah. talking about it like that sounds yeah. funny. I mean, in essence, he's kind of like a, a superhero a bit, <laughs> you know, because you're just putting on this mask, putting on this uniform and just, it's basically bravado, you know, for the first time you're presenting yourself to the world in a completely different way. And that's something that everybody can identify with, especially like as teenagers, you know, you're just trying to confront a world that you're not prepared to deal with. So you put on this huge um, almost uh, almost a facade, you know, to deal with these things. And, you know, that would be kind of what he, his is. You put on the Mr. Right. Clean shirt, you shave the head, like, oh, this is who I am now. You deal with that world, <laughs> you know? I like the idea of that because it's, it's also like, it, it is a dramatic tension, but it also has that taking the piss of like the, the classic dramatic superhero moment yeah. when you first put on the mask. Yeah. You know? It's like, I got to clean up the streets. Yep. You know? like, it's, it's got that, <laughs> yeah. that kind of motion to it. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of exploring Mr. Clean's. Yeah background mm-hmm. because there is something fascinating about it's just like what made him that way what made him forced to clean what did he have to do like was his family abusive was his dad a junkie like an alcoholic yeah. something like that and, and he and like he always had to clean up after his dad when he threw up in the shower yeah. or something and that manifested into some kind of fucked up brand of ocd mm-hmm. that he can't let anything go and clean so he moved out after putting on the uniform and left in this immaculate in like immaculately clean apartment and found a job in a cleaning supply store and became the guy yeah you know it, like, it, it, it doesn't it, it my only thing is it, it I think it's starting to venture away from short film territory. Mm. How long do you ideally want it to be? Here's a, this is one of those those things that I'm fine taking up to like maybe 20 minutes. Mm. Like I'm okay with going up to 20 minutes in length for this one. Yeah. Because if it if it needs to go longer than that, I can serialize it. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I can I can make multiple <laughs> multiple <laughs> short films about Mr. Clean's origin story, but I. Yeah. I but I, 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 I really, in terms of structure, I like the idea of, like, keeping what I got so far, mm-hmm. getting to the heroin-addicted brother, mm-hmm. and then through that, maybe, like, well, they're in the hospital waiting or something, like, waiting for the brother to die. Through that, then exploring, exploring the that. background, mm-hmm. kind of like the way Jessica Jones has been doing the flashbacks and Jessica all the time, where, like, something yeah. happens, she's unconscious or drunk, and then they flash back to the thing, and then they cut back to present time. <laughs> I think that could be an interesting structure mm-hmm. for this kind of like Mr. Clean story. I like that. Yeah. Um, the not not my biggest question now is just like, is it gonna be amazingly you know like overbearingly dark humor? Or is it gonna be more serious and than humorous or more humorous and serious? Mm. Those are kind of the things I like. I would like to be imbu- like in, infused with dark humor, mm. but you know I'm introducing you know like an alcoholic father and like and like fucked up family life I, I think the content just in itself is is dark so mm. it's like i would take a more serious approach because the darkness is going to be there and the the comedic elements are going to be there too because it's fucking mr clean <laughs> <laughs> you know and just the imagery of it is going to be there too so i mean if you take like a strong or like a hard line on the seriousness of it like the imagery uh, and it's, it's going to play out mr. On its own. yeah mr clean himself carries the comedic weight i think yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- oh yeah i can yeah. see that yeah so I, I and also his job, his job being a part of the film, yeah, is funny too. That's something I would definitely write very straight. And then you're, while you're watching, yeah. it, it's like, oh, is this serious or is this a joke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Like inadvertently taking the piss out of the whole situation. Yeah, yeah. keep it serious, yeah. but very it's Mr. Clean, so yeah. it's funny. So it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think I like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I genuinely love the idea of an alcoholic father somewhere mm. and like. 
the two children exposed, like two teenagers, maybe yeah. exposed to it, and one of them having turned out Mr. Clean, and the other one turning out to be antithesis of Mr. Clean. What if, what if the ending is him revealing he's Mr. Clean? I don't know. Like, like keep it like sort of on the wraps. Just, a, just an idea that that'd be a funny, like a funny way to end it. That that's Mr. Clean. I don't know. The events that we've talked about, maybe they're they are what make him Mr. Clean, like the death of his brother okay. makes him Mr. Clean. You have the, the the script would have to start differently. Like it would have yeah. to start in on the hospital bed at that point. Yeah. Because you know, just because how else are we going to be invested in these characters? We don't know. You know, if we we don't know there's a Mr. Clean, we don't know there's anything. But if I immediately know heroin addict overdosing brother, you know, laying there as his birth, he's about to die, I'm invested in that story, and then I can find out that it's Mr. Clean. You know, later, seven minutes later. I, th- I think I like I think like the, I think I like that idea. I'm finding out at the end of the thing that that's Mr. Clean. That that's Mr. Clean. That give you replay value too. Yeah. Definitely watch that again. Sard story at hospital, but I'm like actually taking. taking oh yeah. That. So, <laughs> hmm, I'm trying to think. So, you would need to have the filming, like the the fact that he's doing. Remember, mm-hmm. you're on your original script. He's like on set. Right. So you wouldn't have that. No, I either I would have it in a way that this allows the audience from knowing that it's Mr. Clean. So like you know mm. he's on set he, you know we know that he's a guy on telly but we don't necessarily show what he's doing on telly mm. or like he walks in into the set and then we see him walking out into the set. Seeing that set. he's a star but not showing yeah. what he's doing on camera mm. that that'd be a good way to not a, reveal yeah. his true identity and leaving like subtle indicators you know that you're not gonna pick up immediately but if you rewatch it like how did I see the damn pond saw Mr. Clean thing over there in the background in the far corner <laughs> right <laughs> you know something like one that. thing I one thing I really hate is bleak endings to mm-hmm. anything so and i think it ending with a suicide it should be there but i don't think it should be the ending i don't know it it become it, it I, I didn't saves think comedic value i think by revealing the reveal being at the end but i don't know i, th- I think I, I think i like the idea of the structure being like we see the hospital bed we see what's happening a brother on mm. um, an overdose with a concerned brother trying to take care of like things and taking care of like whatever other family he might have. Mm. So like I could still have the the fact where he goes to the supermarket and it's all kind of bleak and awkward and, and long takes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But instead of going to his brother's house, he goes to like his brother's wife's house or he goes to like his sister's house or his mother's house or something like that. Something that shows that he still has got a family to take care of and everything's just kind of like conglomerating together. Mm-hmm. And I think whether like whether or not the brother dies, which I do think he needs to die for this particular story, yeah. that wouldn't count as a suicide for me. That was an overdose. Mm-hmm. You know, that was just like, was that me? It felt like I was in the right corner somewhere. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Oh. <laughs> Um, but like I, I like the structure of being like start not knowing who he is, and then mm-hmm. even though he's dressed in white and he's bald, we don't necessarily know who he is mm-hmm. or what he is or what he's doing. We're just kind of like, all right, what? Well, just a dude with a weird outfit. Yeah. And then at the end, I like the idea. I still like the image of him looking in the mirror. So like, I think maybe the flashback of him realizing that he's Mister Clean when that moment happened where he put on the uniform mm-hmm. could happen while he's like looking in the mirror. And then we had sort of a match cut of him looking in the mirror as a young Mr. Clean, and then it's like the older Mr. Clean that's sort of realizing that 
you know what his life was at that's, that kind of point yeah that's going to be a huge part uh just like the, the big reveal you know when he's shaving the head and putting the uniform on like that is the that's the money of of yeah. you could have him yeah. do the do the pose like on one of the bottles or something yeah. for the that, first time so he mm-hmm. does the pose and then it's you could even include the actual picture of the bottle just to mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just like just go by standing like doing the pose in the mirror and then just a match cut to that same pose in mm-hmm. the bottle like the bottle that someone's using to clean yeah. Yeah. the <laughs> the nightstand next to the brother's bed or something <laughs> like that you know <laughs> that that movie I could have ended uh, yeah I, I was thinking uh <laughs> match cutting to a lady using Mr Clean products to clean up the area after the brother has passed so the body is gone and you know they're just cleaning up the area with Mr Clean stuff. <laughs> You know, you first see him, you know, by the bed with the brother, you know, you go have the flashback and the next thing you see, like like saying you're match cutting to yep. that same room. They're gone cleaning up. <laughs> <laughs> so then that would, that would, would, would the fact that they're using that product though, that would change the fact that this led to him being Mr. Clean, that he was all, so are we deciding that he's already mr clean when his brother dies yeah i think i think what made him mr clean wasn't okay. the brother's addiction it was it was another catholic catalyst of him being a kid mm-hmm. and his brother's addiction is just what sends us down to the path of him realizing how he became mr clean yeah. and why his life was so different from his brother yeah i think so i i definitely think that like he was already mr clean and i sort of wanted it to be something with the dad mm-hmm. because at that point i can echo the sentiments of the dad passing away because of his disease addiction so he's already uh, been mr clean but the audience is not aware of that yet right okay yeah so he's already mr clean but the audience isn't aware mm. so i think the big reveal of like letting the audience know that it's mr clean is that match cut of him looking in the mirror and doing mm-hmm. the post for the first time yeah. which happens in a flashback and then match cutting to that bottle moment where the lady's <laughs> using it to clean the bed stand <laughs> of the guy i think that's a really yeah cool way of saying like oh fuck me that guy's mr clean (laughs) and then like that's the ending of like the first bit you should definitely have like a really quick cut of just maybe him shaving right buzzing his head just once so in my in my head in my head the way that works is like do you remember um silent hill 2 have you ever played that i didn't silent hills 2 yeah the one was james sutherland he's looking for mary silent hill it's a game yeah yeah why does it sound so Uh, familiar uh because it, it's one uh, of the it's most a horror series, yeah. right? Okay, no, I never. It's a Japanese this. horror series. Yeah. It's one of the best ones out there. In that, uh, in that, in that game, there's a scene where Mike's J- James Sutherland is like looking into a mirror, like very somber, like and like a sort of dirty, disgusting bathroom. <laughs> and that's kind of the image that I have in my head. That's kind of like that. Or better yet, there's a movie that did it recently. Uh, I know the shot. Have you ever seen Naked by? It's uh, the nineteen ninety three movie. Naked. Uh, I forgot that his name. He plays uh, Lupin in Harry Potter. Uh, he plays the werewolf. Professor Lupin. Yeah. Oh, David Thewlis Thelis. Yeah, David Thewlis. That guy. He made a movie in nineteen ninety three called Naked. Oh. And there's a there's a shot where he's at the sink and he's kind of holding in like he's holding blood and hair and all that shit. Mm. I kind of I kind of the way I vision it, it's kind of like that bleak blue color corrected image of someone looking into the mirror and then like putting on the uniform shaving his head doing yeah. all that stuff that's kind of that's kind of the way that i see it in my in, in my head so that's, that's shot, cool yeah. yeah that's like the second to last i'll have to watch that head. part yeah or that movie yeah it's well reviewed i just i, I never seen this before yeah. i have to i have to see it i just I, who I, directed I, it uh mike lee never. i haven't heard of him yeah 
But yeah, he uh, wrote and directed it. Yeah. Very well reviewed. I've used screenshots of the movie for my compositional references because it's really well composed, but I haven't seen the movie. Mm. Um, but but yeah, I, I think the idea of like, we see Mr. Clean at the hospital but with his brother. Mm. And then we have like that brief interaction. He has to get a job, goes to his house or something. Something triggers a flashback at one point, and then we see like his comeuppance as Mr. Clean, and then that moment of like looking in the mirror and realizing mm-hmm. what he is about to become, embracing the identity of Mr. Clean, yeah. is you know it's that's the moment that I think the series could end when we have that match cut, yeah. and then we can explore more of what happens after the brothers die. But I like the idea of keeping everything self-contained in an episode. Yep. Where we know that this is the reason why Mr. Clean became Mr. Clean. He was born out of tragedy, not. I don't. Mm. Know, I like the idea of giving him a tragic backstory, like a superhero. I mean, like the way it sounded, it's like that's almost like a pilot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know seriously, <laughs> it's like you would pitch that as a pilot. Like, all right, do you want more of this? Because we can give you, we can flesh this out. <laughs> yeah. You know, a little, yeah, little six-episode miniseries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be dope. Like, I don't. Know, I, I I like the idea of taking something ordinary like Mr. Clean and giving it something yeah. dramatic and drastic and fucked up. It could be like a two-parter if you wanted. Yeah. It could be really expanded upon. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I definitely like the idea of the match code. I, I mm-hmm. think I think now that I, I talk to you guys about this, I can sit down and I can pop out another more like, ideas, yeah. ten pages into yep. it, and then sort of build upon it. Because I think that is cool. I, I I I think I like the idea of exploring OCD with them too. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. that makes them like can puts them in yeah, a manic yeah, headspace. Yeah, I could. Yeah, becoming Mister Clean, he probably had some OCD tendencies. Oh yeah, oh yeah, huh? and something had to trigger that too. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm generally thinking like alcoholic dad mm. and, and Mr. Clean was always the kid that had to clean up the vomit mm. or the blood from like the beating or something, you know, like something like that. I don't know if I want to go with a beating, but I definitely want to go with alcoholic dad. Okay. Uh, or something equally as tragic. I mean, what, there's, is the mother out of the picture? I don't know yet. I, I want to say like if she's in the picture, she's the one that suffers from most of the abuse, mm. I think, you know. But it, uh, maybe she's not in it. Maybe she died, or maybe she's out of the. She just left out of the picture. That maybe maybe she's why there. they may have had a great relationship when they were five, when the kids were five and six, mm-hmm. and then the mother tragically died from no fault of the father whatsoever, and right. that's what began the drinking for him. You know, at that point, then yeah, he's beating the kids and lashing out. You know, because of his depression and, like I said, just his wife just being tragically taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Just goes down a bender slowly down the rabbit hole. Yeah, and I like that because it also explores the idea that sometimes your parents' trauma is a place a huge part in who you are as a person. Yeah, the hell yeah, definitely so. And and with that, with the uh, with the OCD, I'm not not sure. It would be nice to have that connected somewhat to the mother's death. You know, if if there would have been a way, if if he would have been Mr. Clean before his mother's death, then he possibly could have done something to stop it. His mother (laughs) dies because she hit her head after, like, slipping on a a tile covered in tomato sauce or something. (laughs) (laughs) Not that silly. But, you know, but, like, just something that would connect, you know, his OCD to, you know, trying to him. Because, like I said, these things are, are triggers, like things that happen in your childhood to where in your mind you're rationalizing ways to live your life right. to not have to go through that type of suffering again. You know, so if he's developing an OCD, it's going to be because of a, a very specific reason, you know, why he's rationalizing his brain to start operating that way. Hmm. Okay. I, I think I like that. So the, so the persona adapts 
was born out of that. Okay, cool. Man, I like taking notes. Goes, yeah, man. That shit is fun. Drop my pen. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. You <laughs> caught that shit. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> can I? I want. Can we briefly do? Let, let me. Do let it. Me, let me talk about Slay the Bug for yeah, a minute. I'm, I'm gonna run it by Chris real quick. Yes. So, so the whole idea for the for the um, short came from a song, which we can let you hear later. But uh, it had a very um, the song had a very dark kind of edgy vibe to it. It's more electronic, and we just imagined somebody. During this song, someone's walking down a street to go and uh, do some dirt. Okay. Like they're about to go do something, you know, messed up. And okay. it's going to be bad. So we I tried to elaborate on it some. And I, and I put myself in this character's shoes and wondered, you know, what would I be going to do if... Because the character looks like determined, yeah. maybe angry. Yeah. Um, what would I be going to do if this music was playing and mm-hmm. I was that character. And, uh, we had the idea. Um, one thing that I know I, I really treasure is my dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I had an idea that, um, this, there was a guy, a man that was involved in some very, in a very shady business. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, while he, while he was in this business, he was also simultaneously in a very long term relationship. All right. And for some reason, the something goes awry in this shady business that he's in. All right. And through no connection to the business, he ends up losing his relationship as well. Okay. So I, I don't really know why. I think you know, just I think maybe a normal couple just kind of gets fed up with each other. Yeah, I mean, but he's in a, he's in a shady business. And yeah, uh, but in no way did this shady business play into the reason why his relationship ended. Does does um does his partner know about the whatever business? Uh, I don't think so. For right, I think we, I had we the struggled idea with that idea for a while last week, and I think she's we, not aware. If yeah. if she doesn't know, then that's just a hiding secrets and just the um just being with somebody that you're trying to hold something back from. Like that's going to create tension, that's e- whether you point. verbalize it or not. So maybe she does know. Yeah. Or I mean, either way, either she does or she doesn't. But like, like just being in—I mean, you've been in, a, in a, a long-term relationship before as well. So I mean, it's just if you're trying to hide something, or even like just being a child and parent type of relationship, mm-hmm. is just whenever you're holding on to something that you're trying to hide from someone, there's there creates this energy and this tension between you two. So it's like you're believing, oh, they know that I—they know, they know. Like right. they don't know, <laughs> they don't—they don't, they don't know anything. But it's, it's all within your mind. So it's like. Yeah. It'll create something. I think the idea of him not of her not her knowing not knowing makes create attention. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that could be like add more emotional like depth to the story? Because if she's just like aware, I think then... her not knowing and him keeping secrets would create a layer of like. Oh yeah. He's doing something shady. He knows it. She mm-hmm. doesn't want him to know, so he's being withdrawn, yeah. and that's ultimately what creates. Maybe not the end of the the end of the relationship, but the spark that ignites mm. the end of the relationship. That's our attention in between two characters hiding things from each other. Mm. Gotcha. My maybe a good point to to like okay. bank in on. Mm. So that so okay. So that's a good way to think of it. So okay, so they've broken up mm. and um we've decided that we didn't I we I guess we made the decision that his girlfriend or ex girlfriend now yep. has the dog. Like Ooh. has ownership of the dog. I um, and in some way, this shady business, his dealings with this shady business comes back to haunt him. Mm. And it, I don't, I guess the dog gets taken 
yep. buy this shady business. John Wick 3. I know, dude. He said it too, dude. Oh, I hate that. God. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's just. But I, I think it's, I think it's, a, I think it's got that unique shade of humor into it, attached to it, you know. And this guy's not very intimidating in any way, shape, or form. I liked that a lot because he, we, we had him as a. Uh, he was kind of a like a squirrely looking guy, so. Yeah. The idea of him going to go and get the dog back, and yeah. we had an idea of a very long cut while the song's playing, mm-hmm. of him going to the location where he knows his dog's being kept, and then mm-hmm. it's just all one long cut, and it's the guy, it's this man, just hacking apart two or three people mm-hmm. in this house that he's in or building or whatever, and then he gets the dog. But uh, does it have to be a dog? I think we were. I think we were banking on the fact that it was the dog. Yeah. Why? Because uh, I'm like, what is what is this connection? Because um, all right, so when why would they take a dog? You know, and wh- yeah, yeah. So I mean, if um, I want to know how strong his connection is to the girlfriend as well as the dog, and which one does he have ties to stronger? You know, so if he's that's a that's something that I would have explained in the beginning for sure that they treasure their relationship and that they have. It seems it would need to be quick. I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to um, go on too long about that part. No, I think the idea that we're mentioning is that the dog is definitely like a chick. Why should we really care? But yeah. naturally, people love dogs. dogs. But I wanted to be me yeah. have more. But the relationship meant a lot for that. the guy. The last time we talked about it, sorry, I'm seven in, but no, I, you're I, good. I, yeah, I remember please the do. conversation. The last time we talked about it, the dog was kind of like they he loved her and he loved their relationship yeah. but he also loved his dog dearly mm. so when he finds out that the dog's in danger i think he wanted to go get the dog because it symbolized that if he could rescue yeah. the dog he could rescue the relationship with the girlfriend mm-hmm. then and the uh the girlfriend uh, she's being kidnapped because of his dealings with well his... we had originally see we thought about that but it seems it seems like all the time there's always some damsel in distress. Mm. And the fact that it was a dog was a little bit more interesting because I think how many times does a woman get taken and then some man's got to go save her? Mm. It seemed a little generic. Mm. Um, so we had the idea that maybe they had planned to take her, yeah. but she wasn't home. Mm. So they took the dog just in, 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 instead. Yeah. I don't know. It's really been bugging me since we talked about it. And then we had a off-air writing session about it as well and, I just don't know how to make the pieces come together to make it not be boring and uh, too, so, uh, too bland. I don't want to. Yeah. One trying. of my arguments was that because it is a short film format, mm. we don't necessarily have to explain a lot of the background mm. because of it. They took the dog because they know the dog mattered. How did yeah. they know the dog mattered? It's not the point of the short film. No, but but still with with him, it's like I want to know is his motivation to save the dog or to save his relationship. You know, you know, because like the, the 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 dog and the girlfriend are taken, and then they come to to take the the girlfriend. She's not there. They take the dog. So it's his motivation to oh, I gotta say get this dog. If I get this dog, then I can rec- reclaim our relationship and everything can be back the way that it used to be. Or is it you know just a little more trivial? Is just get the dog back, give it back to the girlfriend, and go back to my normal life that I hate. I think it maybe was more of a mutual love, loved both of them equally, not equally, but. I think uh, the last time I talked about it, I suggested to you the idea that the dog, rescuing the dog was purely as, like, as motivation was to get their relationship yeah. back. Mm. 
um, sort of like the same way that the dog and John Wick, whenever they kill this dog and John Wick, and you're aware that that's what that was his, that's what his intentions are because maybe he's incredibly broken up about being yeah. broken yeah. up with, and mm-hmm. and the dog is is a representation of the wife, I believe. Was wasn't she like the last thing that um. It was what was in the John Wick one. The dog was a representation of something like the last thing his wife gave him. Well, that was the like last that. gift because after the wife died, she left him flowers and said, "I adopted this dog, the so dog, you're not yeah, alone." Yeah. So like the dog at the end when they kill the puppy in John Wick one, he's pissed because they killed the last living thing that his wife left him. Yeah. Not necessarily because they killed the dog. Mm-mm. So I think the idea of this guy going to rescue his girlfriend's dog after the breakup to sort of imply that he's attempting to rescue their relationship with the girlfriend might be a good... Like, we all do shit like that when we're broken up with, where we go do something, hoping that that something triggers another something that helps us get back together with the other person. So I think that that's a good emotional place to start if that's if, even if that's not the route that you want to go i think that's a good emotional place to start with the motivation yeah what what makes me interested in the story a lot is that in no way does he have any sort of he's not like john wick he's not a trained assassin right, right, right. Mm-hmm. i like the idea that he is just <laughs> i mean what, what, what i mean it's like the way that i'm seeing just it, like it's a just... skinny wrist little weasel of a man i'm thinking like that... about like brian going to get his cat <laughs> you know, you know oh, what I'm yeah, saying? Someone took my cat. I'm gonna fuck some bitches. Yeah, up. that's that's what I was looking at. Someone it. took your cat? No, no, he's saying if they did. Oh, oh my yeah. god. Yeah, because I was saying it's like oh. Brian isn't like John Wick, like that that type of guy. You know, it's just a regular guy. You know, and then you know he's going to go get his cat. You know, to sell. So I'm like, does it have to? I, I'm just saying, what did it have to be a dog or a ferret, cat, no. parrot? I well, didn't know if it to be I, I think I thought dog. about a dog because my dog Macy is like a total people person, mm-hmm. and I just imagine her being really well on camera. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, what interested me is that it, this man who would normally never do anything violent ultimately ends up doing one of the most violent things you can do. Mm-hmm. He murders like three, four people yeah. to get a dog back. And in, and in a way that he's doing that because he wants to save his relationship and also save the dog. Thing. Yeah, because there has to be more than just getting the dog back. Because like, even with John Wick, if there wasn't that uh, emotional connection to his wife, then it would have been very comical, over the top, and I'm not buying. Because, I mean, it's like, and, and, and still, I don't want to be that, you know, heartless, I guess, to say that I don't care about, mm-hmm. you know, or people don't care about animals to the extent that they'll go on a murder spree. You know, it's just, it's never been really represented in film and or real life at a in a big you know, way. So, I mean, if, if the murder spree is connected, you know, with a human being, you know, like that girlfriend or anything mm-hmm, else, yeah. you know, I mean, I just like how far in, in reality would you actually go for your dog? I think the dog should be in not, at the, the dog should be a forethought. Like I think the dog, the whole thing involving the dog should be fairly quickly. Like they go to, they initially go to go kill his wife, right. wife's not there. That's the that's been the biggest obstacle for writing this story is explaining these shady business people's motives. Mm. I don't know why they wouldn't go to this guy directly, mm. as opposed to. Well, I think c- the the because I remember we had this conversation about the writing session is because the breakup happened. I think the breakup happens, and then a month later we're in an apartment, mm. and then mm-hmm. I, I I just think that. These guys, the shady businessman, and just thought that he still lived. Just thought girlfriend. that he still lived yeah. there. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So they they go looking for him, 
they would have even taken the wife if he wasn't there. But they're both not there. Mm-hmm. She lives there. She's just not home. Right. He doesn't live there. So they just take the dog. I think the them yeah. taking the dog, them taking the first thing they can, mm-hmm. that can be really quick. And yeah. then, yeah, I mean that's this story. Like from what I'm listening, this story isn't about the dog, even though this featured featuring yeah. the dog. I mean, it's really about that relationship, you yeah. know? Because I mean, if they're broken symbolic. up, and yeah, very symbolic. Like if she's not have, there's no communication between the two. And the first time that you contact me is about this dog, this thing that we both equally love, you know, is gone. So I mean, that's gonna trigger, you know, them coming back together in some type of way. I'd assume. Mm-hmm. I think maybe... The or maybe he still isn't good enough in the end. You know, that shady business shit that he's doing, it might turn, you know, to where they get the dog back and they should still like, thank you, I appreciate everything, but that doesn't change, you know... What happened there? Yeah. Do you think... I want to provide, you know, weight to the actual breakup. Do you think the fact that she found out that he's in a shady business was why they broke up? Unless for natural reasons? Maybe so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think... I, I, we would, I would have to see how that looks like on the script. Mm-hmm to say like whether it works or not because you can make that work for sure you can have a what is it an ozark moment Mm. where the wife finds out that he's doing all this like embezzling and like clinton money laundering and Mm. whatever Mm. and then at that point the show had a decision to make whether or not they would keep the wife with him because she found out and i think the decision for the show was that she kept going on with him yep but there's no reason why the decision, that equivalent decision to your story would be that she left. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you could have an Ozark moment and it could work or you could have the, the relationship be on a more naturalistic approach. But I just think it depends on how you write it, how you tackle it and if it works or not. You know, like it's, I, don't, I don't think I can I can say it works or doesn't work without seeing it, at least in a version of the script. Yeah. I'll be thinking. I'll be thinking some more. I'll probably even listen to this episode a couple of times. (laughs) Good points. (laughs) Make more notes. But uh, but I think, again, the interesting bit about that particular story is that we have a squirrely sort of, you know, Jim from The Office kind of guy. You know, we have John Krasinski from The Office turning into John Krasinski from 13 Hours. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of like the the interesting thing about the character Mm -hmm. and the fact that that happens because he's trying to save our relationship, you know, through this dog, I think is interesting to me. And I think that can work. When I envisioned it, I envisioned, uh, the main character looking like, um, I'm going to butcher his last name, but he's in Silicon Valley and he's in the Verizon commercials. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know that guy. Thomas middle, Mm. like the squirreliest looking guy ever. Yeah. I would, I would love to have someone like that as my main role. That would that would actually be awesome. Just end work. of the film, blood covered in shirt covered in blood, holding the dog, <laughs> and then bringing it back. Thomas Middleditch. Middleditch. Yeah. So, uh, such a great face. Here's an here's an imagery for you that may because we we talked about that long shot at the end, right? Where he's like about to kill the people, and we talked about seeing him murder three or four people. In there, but that's quite difficult to pull off in terms of like technicality. Yeah, it needs to be really, really rehearsed. Uh, so I thought of looks like follow him into the house and then follow him up until the point that he walks to the door, and then we just kind of stayed locked on the ground, uh, pointing at the house, and then we just kind of see blood spatter on the window. We hear screams. We hear things breaking, mm-hmm. and you don't know who's winning. You losing. don't know who's winning. Who's yeah. doing nothing? And then at the end, he walks out with a duck in his hand, covered in blood. Angry. One. That's good. I like the idea, though, of, of seeing at least one death. Okay. I, I, I would yeah. love to have him just be in totally, I don't give a single fuck mode. Right. And 
you know, he just knocks on the door and the first person that answers it gets like a hatchet to the forehead and then that he goes in and then we don't know. I'm into that. Much of everything, anything else. <laughs> I think that can work for like, and that can make up because we don't have all the proper Fancy. tools <laughs> to do something like that and make it look convincing. So that could be good. Thanks for the Ellen from just from watching like hundreds of movies, you know, mm-hmm. for our own, um, for film's sake, there was a movie we just recently watched. Um, and not gonna be able to. Oh, um, what did we just watch last week? Chronos. Chronos. Chronos, yeah. Chronos. And there's an edit to where you could use, you know, very easily, and it's used a lot of times too. But as um, the guy, he hits the guy in the uh, in the head. I mean, the in the nose with a cane, but you never see any of the action. You know, so it's like you can edit, you know, together lots of blood and slashers. I mean, just, what I'm saying is you don't have to actually see individual people getting killed like you were saying Brian yeah. you know and still have a much better effect as well right but uh, uh, the reason like that can work if we if we don't go with like the if we go for cutting mm-hmm. but I think the reason why oh he's wanting the uh, the Warner because we wanted the Warner mm-hmm. yeah I think that's why I got you yeah uh, we I, at least in my in, in like my image and the last time we talked the one shot at the end oh with the, the music from the background the to the beginning yeah. Going, yeah I got from, you from like yep. the beginning of the song to yep. like the culmination of the song uh, I think was kind of what made it made the image work. Nope, I get you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. So I'll work on it some more. Yeah, yeah. but I, you, you got some good things going in there, and I think if you should, you should at least write up until the point where the relationship ends. If you don't have anything by the time you get to that, skip it, write the rest, and then fill in that piece. One of my biggest problems has been not finishing something, right. so I'm I'm definitely not going to do that this time. Nice. It'll it'll get finished. Whether it'll be worth filming or good <laughs> remains to be seen, but it'll be fin- <laughs> it will be finished. I kind of like the idea of, of the finish. girlfriend finding out. I kind of like that idea, just with the um, with the boyfriend still just being incomplete. So his in his mind, he's not going to blame himself as if I'm the reason that my girlfriend's breaking up for me because I'm dealing with these shady business people. Mm-hmm. In his mind, is these shady business people are the reason that my relationship is is broken up now, right? You know, because she found out that I'm uh, working with these people, so it's not my fault. You know, it's, it's that them. Fault. You know, so then when they whenever they come steal the dog, that's them again. You know, so now he's putting everything everything that's failing in his life is on them. Them. So yeah, like now you can go on a murder spree, you know, because you fucked my relationship. I have you took my dog. I have nothing because right. of you, you know. And then that would again come around to him not being deserving of his girlfriend because he's not realizing that he is the um, he's the problem. Yeah, he that, yeah exactly. Yeah, uh, that could go well mm-hmm. with what we talked about because we wanted him to get beat down by these people first. That's right. So that totally fa- her finding that. out can go well with that idea mm-hmm. of him. Have, she finds out because he got beat up, mm. and then he goes to the bar with like a black eye, and that's when the lies start to unravel. Mm. I think that could be an interesting combination of those ideas. Okay, and it still has the. Didn't we impact. originally say though that the dog got taken and he tried to go get the dog back at, quite nicely at first, and uh, they, yes. they they beat the shit out of him, right. sent him home, or. Maybe, yeah, yeah, no, maybe, that was it. He went to go ask nicely. He yeah, but they they him. need they they're doing this because they want something from him. So it's not just a matter of beating him and sending him home. They right. could probably want something like do this and this, or next time it's your wife. Mm. Yeah, and we also said that the like the your first idea girlfriend. was that he needed money, right? That they he fucked up something and he owes them money. Mm. So they beat him and they go like, all right, you got like two days to give us our money, and then he comes back. Thank he plays you. a very non-violent role in a very violent organization. Mm. Right, yeah. He's like a money launderer for some... Shady people. Some really, yeah. yeah. But the idea of him getting beat down and then that being the reason why the girlfriend finds out that it's in shady business and that unraveling the lies, 
I think it fits well with the beatdown, combines the emotion on above another girlfriend, and gives us a reason to blame the shitty guys for the fall of the... Re- like, him to blame the shitty guys for the fall of the relationship. Yeah. And then to have enough motivation to find... After he finds out the dog has been taken, to go and, you know, murder four or five of these people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think that's a good emotional link that Definitely. runs through it. Yep. There. Okay. And, uh, and, and be mindful, since this is also, like, a short film... Like, even if that story isn't as amazing as it could be, like a version of that story, you still really want to harp on the visuals a lot. So if your visuals are fantastic, mm-hmm. you can get away with a little bit less clarity. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's good. Good mm-hmm. point. Hell yeah. Got to make it look nice. Yeah. For well, sure. Got to be pretty. Got to be pretty. <laughs> for fucking sure. Pretty. How about you, Chris? Did anything like you want to... I know we talked about your little picture thing, mm-hmm. but is there anything that you have in mind my, that you want to produce? picture thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like anything you have in mind, like 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 any visuals that you got in, in your mind that you want to yeah. discuss? Yeah, we talked a little bit about... Um, uh, so I went... I was rapping from like 2011 to 2013, 2010, 2013 or so, and just put a lot of time and effort into it and... Uh, nothing really came of it, but it was just going back and then listening to the lyrics and then reading. Like, there's like so many, like 10 notebooks, you know, filled with that's re- actually how I got into script writing, you mm-hmm. know, and just from writing poems and then writing songs. And then I was like, all right, well, this song is just me talking about myself. How do I tell a story? Okay, how do I go from the beginning to the end? Then I was like, all right, this doesn't fit, you know, in 16 bars. This doesn't fit in, you know, for just, it didn't fit the format any longer, right. what I was trying to do. So, um, but basically, um, I re-released some of the, some of that music, and then I mean, you were having a conversation. It's like, why did you never put visuals to any of these lyrics, you know, at all, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, yeah, why did I not, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then on top of that is just the things that I was um, just trying. What I was discussing in 2011, um, it's really at the forefront right now, you know. And it's just it's odd to hear a perspective of yourself, the perspective that you had yourself, you know, five years ago, and then see it, you know come to fruition now, you yeah, know? Right. So, I mean, just from a, a different point of view. So, I mean, it's, it, it, some of those songs is like some of the things I would really like to, to bring out. Uh, one was called uh, Dance Through the Night. Mm-hmm. And it was, the, the metaphor is just like being with someone um, undercover kind of or under at nighttime, you know, mm-hmm. when, when things are different. And it's supposed to be for LGBTQ community, for, for the LGBTQ community. Okay. And uh, roundabout way, I've never discussed this ever. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, but yeah, the roundabout way, what, what started me with it was um, there was this uh, girl from college in North Carolina A&T, mm-hmm. and she, in my opinion, was not attractive at all. Right. But we clicked, like we were like simpatico, you know, we mm-hmm. we really clicked. But my 17-year-old brain was saying that what are my friends going to think about me if I'm with this girl that doesn't look good in the face and overweight and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I'll just hang out with her when no one else is around. Right. And I felt very ashamed about that. And then I, in writing the song, I was thinking about people that have to hide their identity. You know, in 2011, we weren't fully with uh, gay pride or LGBT, LGBT community uh, rights coming to light, you know, to mm-hmm. the forefront. So it was just people having to hide who they are during the day in order to kind of conform to what society decides is socially correct. Okay. You know, so the dance through the night, you know, was being who you are, you know, at at night. At night. Well, not necessarily night. It's just yeah. the night is kind of a metaphor for when people aren't looking. Right. You know, and um, and it was just kind of breaking out of that. Be yourself. You don't have to hide under you know the the the, gale, the the vise of nighttime or when people aren't looking type of thing like that but okay. um 
that's that's something that I wanted to visualize because I still really love the message. Um, it applies all the way across the board. I mean, it's just loving yourself, understanding who you are, being accept, uh, accepting of other people and not having to hide that for any reason, you know? And that's, I, 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 would, I would really like to visualize that, but like okay. that's that's the next thing that I would be putting money into to bring to light. Okay. I think out of like everyone's ideas here, that's the more immediate one that we can tackle because mm. it is a music video yeah. and the writing's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything's <laughs> already done. Yeah. Uh, I got to ask, what made you, um, what made you stop? Um, like said, interest I, changed. Yeah, like I said, the uh, the format was was too small for me. After that, like I, I wrote a musical. Um, I, when, when, before I got into the school, I wrote a, a musical, uh, like thirty seven or so pages or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, I can just start. Did you ever see uh, R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet? <laughs> <laughs> I love R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet. Yeah, it was like I, I wrote a musical right around that time when those were first released. So that's like twenty ten or so. Yeah. yeah, then. So I was like, all right, so I'm still writing music, but there's a big, long story, and there's arcs and everything to it. So it was like, that's kind of what got me out of doing specific to music, mm-hmm. you know, but still have those two scripts that are musicals that didn't do anything with it, but I got it. So. R. Kelly fucked your shit up, man. <laughs> was, parts one through three are so good. They are. They are. I mean, that's also weird because, like, I was so proud of that script, man, because, <laughs> I mean, it was the, 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 the first script that I had ever really written, and I thought it was so good. I rewrote it, like, five or six times, and then I finally let somebody one read it. It was my mom. I let my oh, mother read it, and then I was like, what do you think? And then she was like, yeah, but um, didn't R. Kelly already do something like this? I'm like, what the fuck, fuck R. Kelly? What the fuck? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you beat on someone, goddammit. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I feel that. Yeah. I definitely I definitely think that I would love to work on a music video to that degree mm-hmm. because I think the visuals for that interesting. Especially now that you've like explained kind of what the song's yeah. about. Yeah. I think that especially You already got now, one of the hardest parts done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially the now, idea. <laughs> given that all the LGBT stuff is happening, yeah. I think that it could resonate with people and i think that any people haven't listened to the song but i've heard to the chorus yeah and that sort of i i don't want to say retro rap but mm. it's it's so unlike the rap that we have now because it's clearly based on an era of rap that was like before that yeah that i think the refreshing approach to that and the message of the lgbtq community mm. could really draw in a niche amount of people into the song because it, it'll be relevant now and yeah. it doesn't sound like any of the rappers that we have at the moment. Yeah. So I think that could be that could be really interesting. And still, I don't I don't think is um is is marriage legal for everyone across the board now in the United States yet? Uh, it is, yeah. It, it oh, is. Across every state now. Yeah, there's okay, still people good. that are just kind of like I don't want to marry gay people, and everyone's just like, all right, go fuck yourself. You don't have a job. Mm. Um, but gay marriage is legal in the in the states. Now. Great. Uh, good. Supreme Court in twenty. 15? 15. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Supreme Court legalized Because, like, yeah, that, tw- that was 2011. So it's like yeah. there's a, a line in there. You know, it's just, I can't recall it. But, yeah, it's like it's dealing with, you know, wanting to have your partner. And you've been with your partner forever. And it was uh, all that pain, all that stress through it all. Then came a brand new look and a brand new name. Not just yet, still remain untamed. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you can't have that brand new name. Like if a man and a wife be like, okay, yeah, we're changing the names. We're getting right. married and everything. And then it's just a, wom- a woman and a woman and a man and a man. You're a partner, but you can't have that that thing that society, you know, says is fine, yep. you know. But thankfully, yeah, that, that has been a thing that has changed, and that is very good. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I think I think you got something going on with that music video idea, and I would love to sit down and conceptualize visuals for it and, like, see if there's anything that you want to update in terms of, like, the song. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then, you know, to go through that whole process, mm-hmm. I think I'll be, I'll be interested. That'd in be that. dope. Hell yeah. 
uh, we hit the hour mark, hour and three minutes. Hey, so as per for writing sakes guidelines, mm-hmm. that's the end of the episode. <laughs> cool. And yeah. uh, we'll, get, we'll pick it back up next month and have a guess, maybe. Or maybe, yeah. You'll find out. You find out, Chris. Thank you for guesting thank on you, our Chris. show. Thank you guys for having me. Like First this is like ever. really awesome. This is really fun. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm loving this thing. I, my Mr. Clean idea is gonna be written down a little bit more now. Like y'all were like so, so prepared. Like I'm, I'll come if, if I'm invited back at any point. Like I'll actually bring notes and everything. Like this is like really cool. Yeah. No, for sure. And thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for listening. Cool. And we will see you next month. Bye. Bye.